the drive, pull up jumper, it's good! Isaiah Thomas gives the Celtics the lead with 2.4 remaining. Pierce puts it up for the win, knocks it down, Celtics win! Here comes Powell, Powell with Smart defending, oh it's blocked by Smart, what a play! In, Tatum takes it, makes it! Welcome everybody to the Celtics Double Take Podcast. Dylan McCaffrey and James Kwan here again today. The Boston Celtics are sitting at 13-13, and worst record of the season so far. After a nice win against the Raptors, we took bad losses to the Pistons and the Wizards. There's a lot to talk about, but first things first, as always, we have our best and worst takeaways from the week. One minute apiece, James, you can you can take this one off. Yeah, I don't, I don't even need a minute, Dylan, because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have a best takeaway this week. I don't. Yep. I'm choosing nothing. That's my best takeaway. Nothing. Um, so I'm just going to go right to the worst. For me, it's the minutes distribution. I don't want to put it all on Brad because we're going to go into it. We, we believe that Ainge and Brad, you know, they have roles in this entire fiasco going on right now. Mostly on Ainge. Again, we'll talk about it later, but I don't like how these minutes are being laid out for this team. Um, we'll go into it when we talk about the games, but a lot of guys getting minutes that shouldn't. A lot of inconsistencies with who's getting the opportunities. Again, we'll get into it, so I won't, I'm trying my best not to go on this 30-minute tangent to begin the show, so I'm going to let you go. What's your best and worst? My best takeaway from this week is Kemba Walker because we've given him a lot of hard stuff on this on He had this one show. good and game. He okay. had two good games. He had more than 20 points twice in the last three games, and his shooting has gotten a little better. I liked what I saw from him this week better than what I saw from him on the West Coast, so I will take it. I'll give him his credit where it's due. My worst it's funny you say that it's the it's the minutes and the, the distribution because my worst is Brad Stevens this week. I, mm. I blame the losses on him, and I, I just – there's been no consistency this season. We've had 16 different starting lineups, I think, in, like, 25 games. Um, it's, it's, it's been a mess. Like it's, It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, let's just get through this Raptors game because then we can really open up. Raptors game, like we were, we were getting hyped about. Like we finally got that that lineup we were begging for with with Pritchard and Carson. Yeah, no, no, that that was great. But listen, this was a nothing win against a nothing team. Really, this team does not have home court advantage this year. They're struggling to find their identity. I just don't. I don't want to like harp on this too much because it was a it was a good Pritchard game. Um, Kemba, in my opinion, listen, he scores twenty one. The thing that concerned me about this game is that he only scored from the three-point line and with free throws. He did not make a single layup. Um, and he doesn't really see – I'm not seeing that explosiveness around the basket that we're used to seeing from him. And that's going to be the last step for him. And we saw that a little bit in that Wizards loss, but a loss is a loss. Yeah, Pritchard picked up the slack. Semi Ojale had the best game of his career. It's funny because Tatum and Brown actually took a night off for once. They did not play that well. And – in terms of how things could have gone, yeah, I mean, it was solid in that respect. A good, you know, DNP for Jeff Teague, which is what we want to see. So yeah. there's some good takeaways here, but am I wrong by saying this is like kind of nothing? Like it's not really anything to take away. Well, my biggest takeaway is that, you know, Tatum and Brown combined for 29 points and we're able to get a nice win. Like they they both had a bad night and right. we were able to put it away. Semi, great shooting Semi's best game for sure. Pritchard also had a great game. And Kemba was able to, you know, the five threes he hit were enough to put him over 20 points. Uh, my biggest beef that game is Carson Edwards only getting six minutes because I feel like he's been coming into his own a little bit as a scorer. We didn't necessarily need him that night, but 
over these three games, Carson got six minutes, four minutes, and five minutes. So I'm going to be bringing that up a lot. But the Raptors' win was nice. Um, and I, I like the lineups I saw that night. I think that Semi should start every night. I honestly do. I, I disagree. But we'll talk about, like, going into the Pistons and, and Wizards games because we got to see a little bit of maybe Semi's true colors or the, the, true, the true colors of what Brad has been doing this whole season, which we've talked about a little bit. But man, what are we doing? Like we're, he's, he's punching the air right now, but uh, okay. Pistons game, Sadiq Bay. Let's talk about Sadiq Bay. Gosh. But what, what do you see from Sadiq Bay? What did you see from Sadiq Bay? Cause before I, I lose control completely, I want you to have an opportunity to talk about this kid. Cause he had a great game. I saw him go seven of seven from three. I saw him hit a dagger on us and I like refused to give him respect the whole game until he ended up hitting the dagger. And I was like, all right, he literally just beat us by himself. I mean, listen, he he is a living, and I'm about to go into the whole the whole take on Ainge right now. Sadiq Bay is a living, breathing reminder that Danny Ainge cannot draft anymore. I mean, he's literally the he's Bill Belichick in the first round. Like how Bill Belichick can't use first round picks anymore. Danny Ainge is in that same camp, and they're saying the same things. And Bill Belichick saying like, "Oh, I got Dante High Hightower and Devin McCourty in the first round, like in 2012." And Ainge hasn't made a great pick since what Tatum, like, uh, and, and that's the thing. You got Brown, you got Tatum. You get you get respect for that, but you have not done a single thing well since acquiring those two players. The whole, even the Kemba for Rozier, basically handoff, like basically a trade. Even that's aged kind of bad. Even that's aged kind of bad. I've seen a um, lot of guys saying they would take Terry back over Kemba. Yeah, I mean, and Sadiq is just. No one expected him to be that kind of player, have that kind of night. He's a guy who's averaging 10 points a game. It's not like he's, you know, torching up the entire league. But he has 30 points that night. And Neesmith is a DNP. So we could have gone Sadiq Bay, And I think he would have provided a lot more than Neesmith has, has provided us this season. And on top of that, we could have traded up about three spots for, for Tyrese Halliburton, who was sitting right there, who teams yep. are passing up against. And as much as I love Pritchard and what he's done this season, I think we both agree that we would take Halliburton over Pritchard and Aaron Smith. I mean, don't you agree with me on that? Um, I mean, yeah, Halliburton's running for rookie of the year. I like Pritchard a lot. So, I mean, I'll take Pritchard that we got him. But, yeah, Naismith, um, his 30 minutes in the Wizards game was a shock to me, <laughs> especially because in the Pistons game, Pistons game, we have no Kemba. Uh, the only person to score in double digits other than Tatum and Brown, obviously, was Tice with 11 points. So we struggled for points that game. Carson Edward gets four minutes. I just don't really understand. I feel like when he's gotten the opportunities to to be in the rotation and get his shots, like if you give him eight shots, like he can put up double digits. And on a team that is very lacking in weapons, I don't get why we choose to sit him. Like Kemba's out. Why, why, why is Carson not getting his minutes? I don't know what... And let's let's talk about Brad and how he's how he's distributed these minutes. I think Brad is just too smart for his own good. You know that kid in high school that just he's, he's tweaking out before every test and he's overthinking everything. But you're like, dude, you got this. You're a genius. You know, you'll you'll make it work. But he's kind of punching the air right now. I mean, Teague in this game gets 22 minutes after DNP. Pritchard starts after one good game. We both love Pritchard. Pritchard isn't ready to start. And you saw it in this game. He struggled mightily. And he, he not that he struggled shooting the ball, you know, he, he didn't take, you know, 10 shots and miss all of them, but he didn't really have an identity out there. He didn't you know, have a shot to take when he's playing with a guy like Tatum, when he's playing with Brown. And 
it's just, it seems like a panic move. Um, it's just over shuffling. I think we both agree that when this team is healthy, it's Kemba, Brown, Tatum, Smart. Take your pick of Rob Will, Thompson, uh, even Taco, but we're not going to go there, and Tice. And there, there really isn't much that we should mess with that. Uh, why is Tremont Waters, Jeff Teague, Javante Green, Neesmith, Romeo when he's healthy? These guys do not play. These guys do not play on any other NBA team. They get sent down to the G League. And if we didn't opt out of it, they'd most certainly be there. So why are we playing them? Why did we play 14 people against the Wizards? Like, this, these are the questions we got to ask because we both like Brad Stevens, but it seems like overcalculation. It seems like paralyzation due to overanalyzation. I mean, I think that's what you're seeing. When Romeo comes back, I need Romeo to play. I need to see Romeo do anything <laughs> for us. But everyone else you mentioned, Naismith, like I, I, I'm comfortable to to wait on Naismith until next year because, yeah. I mean, I like was leaning on him to start the season, but we saw in the Wizards game that, I don't know, like you can't just, well, it's also not fair to him that he was just given 30 minutes just dropped on him. Like he's sitting at the end of the bench and all of a sudden like a pile of bricks, 30 minutes falls in his lap in a losing effort. And... It's 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 t- like and again the like we don't have to move on right away but in the Wizards game Tatum has six points and in in the Raptors game there's got other guys that are stepping up and other guys in like deeper in our rotation that are able to give us quality minutes and some nights they do that but some nights they just can't like some nights like we just have no other weapons we're just running with Tatum and Brown ISOs and we like just bide our time until the fourth quarter we can hopefully make a comeback and this year we're not making comebacks I think we're gonna fall below 500 sometime in the next week. I mean, it's possible. And if you look at the, it's, it's funny how when, when winning's happening, the, the flaws of your team, just, they don't even get looked at because you can still have flaws in your team and still string together some great wins. But when we lose, you realize this is a completely flawed roster. I mean, it's kind of similar to that Knicks roster that they had last year where it just doesn't make any sense or the Sixers rosters in the past three years where you're like, these pieces don't really work or like what's going on. The, the Tice, Rob, Will, Thompson, and Taco dilemma is 110% Ainge's fault. And it's a big dilemma because none of those guys are good enough to start. And we have to start one of them every single night. Brad is just cycling them out like a carousel, trying to see like which one is going is to stick. And in his defense, I don't know what you do. Um, not play 14 people, I'll tell you that. I think, I think Brad is kind of stuck in college a little bit. Listen. The, the Pistons aren't a good team. You can play the zone. You can. And it, it might be what's what's best, but he's so focused onto being the cutting edge, onto trying every little thing, into being this genius mastermind, you know, Popovich type, where he's, he's mass, you know, substituting like four people at a time, and he's giving everyone on the bench like five minutes. It just, it doesn't really work for us. And I think he's trying to do, do, do too much. And uh, I think we should talk about age because you agree that Ainge has his paw prints all over this roster. I mean, what what, what kind of toll do you think Ainge has taken on, on this team in the past couple of years? I think that other GMs are not afraid to make mistakes. Like in the Sixers, they've taken some big swings in the last few years. They gave Al Horford a ton of money. And they did that with the idea of maybe this really helps our team, but they were able to when they needed to just like sell him off and like get rid of that contract when it was hurting them. Danny Ainge is very afraid to make a mistake like that. And it shows because right now the Raptors are trying to go out and make a trade for Andre Drummond and whatever they give up for him, he's going to help their team. And if we did that, 
he would help us. But like maybe it's not the perfect like perfect heist of a of a trade that it's going to work out perfectly. And maybe Drummond isn't the perfect answer to all of our problems. But I don't think that we're going to make a move unless it's really, really, really going to seal the deal for us. And I think that that holds us back a lot. Blake Griffin right now is being shopped um, either via trade or buyout and then sign. And not that he solves all our problems or he's in his prime, but just there's decent players that can be had if you can settle for a little less. If you just take Miles Turner and Doug McDermott, then our team is better. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, we we the the, the the Miles Turner trade is probably the best example of Ainge's stick up his ass kind of pretentiousness. Like he's got to fleece him, and like you said, if he doesn't fleece him, he's not going to do it, which is stupid. Um, we needed that trade, and I guarantee you that whatever we get from this trade exception, it's not going to make sense as much as a Doug McDermott and a Miles Turner does for this year, especially because he might decide to coast. Um, he might not use it. It, it. He might just say, like, what's out there is not good enough. We're just going to carry this over. And I don't know what you do in that situation. I don't know if you just abandon fanhood of the Celtics. But, I mean, it would piss me off. And I just think that this, this playing it safe mentality, um, if you want to pull up a football analogy, I mean, I admire what, what the Rams did. They said, you know, we have a guy who's good, but there's a guy who's better. And it's going to cost a price. It might not be worth in the end, but we got to take a shot. And if you want to bring it back to basketball, what the Raptors did in 2018, you brought that trade made no sense at the time, really, because you even thought, okay, you get Kawhi, you lose DeMar. And like, are you still going to, are you going to beat the Warriors? We all thought, no way. And you're not, we didn't even think they're going to win out the East. So they took a shot and then look what happened. This, you know, the stars online and they win a title Ainge is never going to pull a Masa Ujiri kind of move. That's yeah. a painful thing about it. And who I, we talked about this last year, like who would you take? Like who is out there that you would want that would fix this team? You're right. There's no perfect piece. There's no perfect fitting piece of that puzzle that we need. But there's certainly guys that are going to make us better. And I've been, I've been you know, vying for like an Andre Drummond type for a while. The, the question really is, though, is for the people that say we should coast – that we should take this season for what it is, work with what we got and see what is, is available later. Is there credibility to that? When do we win? Like when, when, what is the end game? <laughs> like, like Danny Ainge is not in win now mode, even though we're coming off of a conference finals appearance. Like if we had made a move last year right. to try and like change up that team, maybe we could get to the finals and you come off the conference finals, go into the off season. Like, all right, we must be just like one, like a small piece away or a couple of small changes away and we get worse. And now we're sitting here with this great exception, getting closer to the trade deadline and we're 500 and we just, we need to see something happen. Like something's obviously going to happen. Like, I don't think we're going to stay pat. I think that that's unthinkable that we're just <laughs> going to give up on this season. We're 13 and 13. And I, I, I just going back to the wizards game before we uh, go into the, other future of this team yeah kemba kemba had i think his best game since he's been back or one of his best games since he's been back he's nine of 18 four or seven from three 25 points and it's a little upsetting that it didn't matter tatum has six points which you're not going to see that often from tatum but the whole team was not on the same page against the wizards it's not just mm-hmm. a problem of like we don't have the firepower like we weren't a unit at all we're passing the ball out of bounds and we're making ugly ugly plays and it's 
maybe it does just come down to Brad there. Like we, if we, if we get better pieces, they still need to play as a team and look better as a unit than we did against the wizards. Pistons and the wizards are two of the worst teams in the league. We shouldn't be getting outplayed by that much. Listen, this loss was 110% on Brad. We played 14 players. I don't care what the circumstances are for that. If you play 14 players in a loss, I mean, is there a better example of just desperation of pulling out all the stops of it's like, it's like trying to pull out all the stops on a date and still striking out. Like it, it's, he, he cannot seem to find like an answer for, for who is worthy of starting minutes. Who's worthy of good bench minutes playing Neesmith 30 minutes after DNP. We, we already said it. T gets 22 minutes after DNP. Neesmith gets 30 minutes after DNP. This is clear desperation. And Brad said it in an interview before the game. He was talking about how he's like, Aaron, talking about Neesmith. Aaron's in the gym. He, he's in the gym before anybody. He works, he works his ass off. He deserves these minutes. And then, boom, he gives him 30 minutes. I understand you're trying to reward hard work. And I don't doubt that Neesmith is trying. But you got to know what you have. And this is, a, this is the ultimate you don't know what you have game. Because we... Even this, this go back to our first game against the Wizards. Yeah, it was a blowout. So you play more people. You get other people involved. Like, I get it. But you can't expect that the Wizards are going to come back with the same exact energy that you can just pull out the same game plan of, of pulling out the, the JV squad um, midway through the second quarter and expect things to work out. You're right. This is a, it's a big shame that Kemba's, that Kemba's big game this year, which is just an average game for Kemba, for regular Kemba, was, was for nothing. But I think it just, you need to go through this pain. You need to go to your lowest point to change. And this was the game where I think Brad has to look at the tape, look at what he did and say, I'm doing too much. I'm just doing too freaking much. Tatum is not going to have this kind of game for the rest of the season. I guarantee you. Yeah. But it's, it's just doing too much. It, we, we both agree. Let's, let's talk about players that deserve minutes on this team. Because when healthy, it's Kemba Smart, Tatum Brown, Thompson, Pritchard, Carson, Grant, Tice. That's it, right? Like, there's no did you, other. Did you throw Semi in there? There's no other players that really deserve. Was Semi in that okay, list? Okay, here's my and let's talk about Semi. Let's talk about Semi. Semi's in this tough spot where he he can have a good game once in a while, and we saw that against the Raptors. We've seen it in the past. To me, he's like the most tradable. He's the he's in that package because of where he is among the whole the whole you know Tatum and Brown thing. He just doesn't really. It's not what we need, and he's kind of to me. He's a lot like Tice. He has a solid game once in a while, and I'm not doubting that he can be a quality bench guy. He certainly is. I just don't think it's what we need. I think this is it's just a lasting reminder of what Ainge has done. The pieces don't really fit together. I just think that semi's in that in that basket. Don't you think that semi is in the basket of, of tradable assets that we get rid of him? Another team might use him better than us, but he just he's not what we need. I don't think that we need semi, but he is having the best year of his career. And I think that having just three and D guys is valuable. Like you don't need PJ Tucker to become like a, a shot creator, like ball handler. I think that semi works well to, I think when he, when he shoots a three this year, I like him confident that it's a good shot. Like I, I like when he shoots threes, catch and shoot, and he's getting better at like dribbling and passing out. And he's also just a bigger guy. We're a pretty small team. 
So when we go with Kemba, Tatum, Brown, Tice, and then it's semi out there instead of like Javante Green or Pritchard, it's just a bigger lineup that will get more boards and be more physical. And Semi can switch on to a lot of different guys. So I like the piece that Semi is, and I like him in our rotation a lot. Um, I, 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 like, I want to give props to guys this year because Grant this year is shooting 43% from three, which is f- incredible, unthinkable compared to last year. Tice is actually shooting 57%, shooting 40% from three. So even though it doesn't show very much at all, like our guys are doing better offensively, like Semi and Grant and Tice are all having better offensive years than last year. And somehow it's just not enough. Maybe it's because they haven't been played consistently. They don't get to know like, okay, like Semi doesn't know, like I'm getting six shots tonight. Semi's like, I don't know if I'll get six minutes tonight. Yeah. Uh, well, th- this, this is the dilemma. Like you have to pick between Semi and Grant. They, they basically are providing the same thing. They're a big body. Service. Yeah. And you have to pick between that. You have to pick between Tice and Thompson, and you have to pick and, between and Rob, Rob Will. Williams, like the three of them. And th- Rob Will, the... Grant, Tice, Thompson. You, like I agree, like you, you can't yeah. just play them all for twelve minutes. Like give someone some minutes. And it's it's either that you trade one of them, you wave one of them, you do whatever you have to do, but it's kind of that like too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing where it's gonna be a detriment to to all these guys if they if they have to play this weird hopscotch game. Um, with their minutes it grant to me is a kind of guy that he's a little bit taller than semi he's a little bit better and more equipped to guard other bigs that aren't named Sabonis and bead as opposed to semi and i think you can get more for semi in a trade package um i think that he shows a lot more potential than than grant does but grant on the other hand i think it's more what we need as as a as a guy who could defend out on the wing and defend out in the paint doesn't demand any shots, but is efficient when he takes them. This is the kind of decision-making that we're not going to get from Ainge though, because you're going to have to make these picks. You're going to have to go, you go to the left, you go to the right. Everyone on the left is traded. Everyone on the right stays. He just needs to kind of go through the roster and pick. Are you going to go with Rob Will? Or are you going to go with Thompson? Because guess what? Neither of them can shoot out of five feet. Both of them are questionable when defending the best centers in the league, but serviceable. Otherwise you don't need both of them. Uh, you don't need both of them. It's like, it's like, I honestly feel like I'm talking to a hoarder Danny Ainge where I'm like, oh, this crap, you have so much crap. You don't have any nice things. You have two nice things sitting on your shelf and you got a house full of crap and you got to decide what am I going to keep? What am I going to give away? And he's kind of just stalling out because he doesn't want to admit that he's wrong. I agree. I think that the reason that Tremont Waters is still in the Celtics, I think it's just stubbornness. I think that it's just like, oh, like, I know. I think Romeo is going to pan out. I think he's like a, a, a semi Ojale is going to be like a starting NBA player. Like maybe this happens eventually, but when the pick, the draft pick that we use on a guy like Grant Williams, we could have traded for something to help us when we needed to win two years ago. And would it be mad that we don't have Grant Williams right now? I guess, but I would like us to be playing for right now if you're always playing for two years from now then you're never going to win it's true and and with that said we have to decide who's on the block right um and i might want to let you go first because i think the players that i'm going to bring up might cause more of a stir but you have to decide who are we willing to give up and there's a lot of guys out there that are unhappy or just demanding trades or whatnot um it's kind of like 
this game, like I said, of like picking between children, picking between your sons, like who, cause we, let's be honest, man. I don't, I don't love, like, I don't, I don't like think that Grant's game is great or Sammy's game is great. Uh, great. I don't love them on the court, but I love these guys. I think, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to see them go, but we have to make some decisions. So who, who are you picking? Who, who's getting voted off the Island? So the guys that are named smart Tatum Brown are staying. And I agree beyond, beyond that fair game beyond that. I don't really, I, there's no one on the team that like, you could tell me we were trading and I wouldn't like be talked into. Like if we're going to get John Collins, then like, we're trading Pritchard. Well, that sucks, but like we needed to get a good stretch for, so I'm down for that. If we have to give up, if we had to give up smart and Brown for James Harden, I would have been pissed. Like it, it doesn't matter who we're getting for those three guys. I'll be upset no matter what, but anyone beyond that, I I think that you can talk me into it if it's a good trade. Yeah. And I texted you about this a little bit. Kemba is a guy that, this isn't me saying that Kemba's never have a good season again. This is me saying that I'm like a financial advisor, putting on my financial advisor hat. Kemba's situation is going to get drastically worse in the next couple of years, um, especially if he doesn't pick this up. Even if he scores 19 points a game this season, um, gets his percentages up, he's still heavily overpaid. And at the same time, there are teams that are trying to tank that will take on bad contracts for the sake of future assets, which we're in a weird situation where we have guys like Kemba that are um, undesirable, but still quality players that have been on all-star teams. But we also have some good tradable young talent. I hate to say it. I love what I've seen from the guy, but yeah, you're right. Pritchard, he's a guy that I think a lot of teams would want. And he's a guy that I don't want to see go, but if you had to package him in with a, with a Kemba, with a Rob Will, another young guy who I think has a little bit of promise in this league, then I think it's worth it. And I bring up a, a guy like Shea Gilgis. I bring up guys like Porzingis. Um, Cause this is what we've learned from these past few games that we're relying a lot on, on Tatum and Brown. And if we don't have a third guy step up, we lose. Um, I don't think we can rely on K- for Kemba to be that guy. When smart comes back, it's not smart. When smart comes, uh, uh, Bill Simmons joked, it's like when, when smart comes back, he's like, I'm your third option. And everyone on, else on the team is like, no, you're kind of not. Like, please don't take that shot. 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Um, I love him to death. And we've certainly seen his impact uh, in these past few games, not having him. I mean, we can't guard anyone on the perimeter without Marcus Smart. He's integral to this team's success. But like you said, he's not our third scoring option. And I don't see one on the roster. I think we need to make a trade. Whether seeing Kemba go is something that is not going to be as hard for Celtics fans now, but it's going to be extremely hard for Danny Ainge because this was kind of his like big F you to Kyrie. This was kind of his big F you to Terry Rozier who wanted out. And he's going to have to admit he's wrong. And I think this is what we've gone ourselves into is I've said it in the beginning of the season. This guy is Jerry Jones-like, and the way you can't get rid of him, he has so much pride, he can't admit that he's wrong. He'll never listen to anyone else. And then your team's kind of screwed for the next, like, 10 years in playoff mediocrity, where, like, you might win a game, you might win a series, but this team's not winning the title this year, man, as, as it stands right now, even even when healthy. Yeah, we're not, we're not winning the title with this roster. Definitely, we need to have 
like a thirty million dollar worth of other players to do it. We 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 needed that money in Hayward to do it last year, and it wasn't enough. And so without Hayward and with nothing improved, we're not winning a championship. Obviously, we're five hundred right now. We're playing the Nuggets tomorrow. We might fall below five hundred, which is a really upsetting thing to think because that has we haven't been below five hundred. I don't think since like. 2014 or something um it was like one of our worst starts to a season uh the nuggets with i don't know who's stopping Jokic, but beyond that i'm not scared of mpj against guys like tatum and brown um but Jokic, if Jokic doesn't score 40 then i think we have a, a good shot to beat them yeah it's kind of a make or break game i don't think it's a i mean i, I guess the nuggets haven't they've been underperforming as well um i think that we're a lot like the mavs um, in, in the sense that you look at the roster and you say when healthy, like, well, how isn't this team winning a little bit more? Um, and that's why I'm not giving a complete hope in this season. I think we've gone really unlucky. Like an overall takeaway of this season is like, we've gone really unlucky with COVID and injuries. Like this is kind of a worst case scenario. I think we need to like, you know, focus up, get in perspective, everything that's happening. Like this is a worst case scenario kind of season. Um, and if certain games go a different way, like in, in reality, like we're five games over 500 pretty easily, um, give or take some literally like take, for example, the Pistons game, Sadiq Bay scoring 30 points is not going to happen again for the rest of this year. Um, it was an anomaly game. And if he doesn't score points, even at our worst, like what by like six, like we're game and um, it's, it's games like that, that are like the reason why we're, we are where we are. It's not because we are in character, a 500 team or below 500 team. So yeah, you, you look at going forward, like you, you have to, you know, have a little bit of optimism. And that's the frustrating thing about this team is that on paper, why are we here is the million dollar question. Yeah. Um, on paper, we're not very scary and on the court, we haven't been very scary for, for a couple weeks. Um, we played the Hawks twice this week, which I kept saying earlier in the year that when we play teams twice, we're going to win the second game, but I've been proven wrong a bunch of times. Um, the Hawks are kind of deep because beyond, you know, they got Trey and everyone, you got Rondo and like Capella, like at the, on the end of that bench. And, um, I'm looking at the Hawks to see like there's some guys with trade rumors on that team that we might be able to pick yep. off of them. I'd like to be able to just get a scouting report these next two games. If if John Collins and Rondo go off, we might be able to try and make a move for them. Uh, <laughs> get Rondo back. I, now, I'll take let, Rondo. Now let me ask you two questions that both have to do with the Thunder, which funny enough, this irrelevant team, but like it's getting Horford back out of the question. Gosh. Horford, uh, someone like well, some fan was like, get him back to Boston, and his sister or someone uh, like commented like, yes, let's make it happen. I definitely think that he would like to end his career not just like mentoring players while like half coming off the bench. Like, I'm sure he'd love to have, be on a championship contender again. So if we can get him, but not be paying him what he's being paid, I take out Horford. Definitely. Well, I think that the the big thing about him is that he's so tradable for the thunder because nobody wants his contract you don't have to give up a lot they might even take like a package of rob will and romeo you know because they just want to get rid of him and you 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 give him like a young big man who might turn into something you give him a guy who's always been hurt but we've never seen him healthy don't know what he's capable of 
I think that Presti takes that over over Horford. The other trade which you shot down, which I think definitely should be considered, is a kind of like Kemba plus young tradable asset, whether it be that be Pritchard, whether that be Carson, and throwing a couple of picks for Shea Gilgis. Um, am I the Thunder are willing to take on a bad contract if it means we, we give them some assets. That's what we can provide. I think that Kemba is a great guy to mentor their young players. Um, and it's a, it's a great environment for him to come back from whatever funk he's in. And I think that Shea Gilgis is literally like the, the point guard we need. I, I think I love his game. I think he's multifaceted. I think he's a guy who has already shown an immense amount of leadership in his young career. And he's a hard worker. I think he's a guy who gets along with Brad. I think he's a guy who gets along with Tatum and Brown, understands his role. He's played with Chris Paul. Is, is this not a home run? That would be awesome. No, I, I love that kid. But the, the thing that put it off for me was the three first-round picks. I feel like three first-round picks is a haul for, like, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, James Harden. And that was just a lot for me to process. You give up Kemba, who was an all-star last year, and three first-round oh, picks. Two. Two, two, two. first-rounders. I don't think that it solves all our problems to just trade Kemba for a guy like shy, but I do agree. I want to make moves and get better. I don't think, I definitely don't think we're trading Kemba. I don't think that we can do that because I don't think that we're going to, he has a very tradable contract. And I think that we have a reputation for like shipping guys off before their contract is up. IT Horford Hayward. And now Kemba signs this deal with us. If we ship him off because he's damaged goods, we're not going to be able to be, keep signing free agents that want to come here just to just to be given up on. Well, well, here's the case: is that, like I said, Kemba's situation is going to get astronomically worse in the next couple of years if we don't stop the bleeding by making a desperation trade in some kind of capacity, come back to bite us. And on top of that, let's let's be real about the Tatum Brown thing. It's not forever guaranteed. If we don't figure something out in the next if not this by the end of this year, the end of next season, the conversations will be starting of how do we get Tatum out of, out of Boston? How do we get Jalen Brown out of Boston? It's going to be talked about if we don't figure something out. A, what a player like Shea Gilders Alexander brings is relevancy and competitiveness and also a guy who provides you a little bit of insurance because um, it's, it's not the question that we're going to lose one of these guys. Um, and listen, there's other trades out there that people have talked about. People have talked about a Jalen Brown, Bradley Beal straight up trade so that you give Tatum like his, his St. Louis guy, um, stuff like that. But in my opinion, I think it starts at the point guard position and it starts with a guy who's a little bit more flexible and could, you know, be somewhat of a leader if we end up losing one of Tatum or Brown. I just think that, uh, that this Kemba situation, we're going to be talking about it in a couple of years. This is, this is a contract that is – worse than the Gordon Hayward contract. Like we have to remember that and how much that where it's going to be worse than that. Imagine that Dylan. Imagine that. Don't we got, we got to do something about that, right? We can't just watch the trade hit us. I think that I agree that I don't, we don't want to re-sign Kemba like just looking ahead probably. So we're going to need to trade his contract or like hopefully get a trade exception because it's like if we lost Hayward and didn't get the exception, or if we lose Kemba, don't get the exception. It's just like guys that we could have had over the or the hard cap or the soft cap, and now mm-hmm. we'll be stuck without those guys. We have to just rely on our draft picks. Um, 
I guess Danny's in a tighter spot now. We've got to prove his worth. He's got to put <laughs> his true. money where his mouth is. He got one championship in 2008, and for a while, that's that's all we've seen. Um, the last game we had before our next show is going to be the Pelicans. Um, Zion is having a really great year, and we have really bad interior defense. So I think that they'll be giving us a run for our money. But hopefully four games from now we'll be we'll be playing harder and have more figured out. But this has been this has been a rough stretch. This is the lowest point of the season. This has been the lowest point of our last few seasons. So we're in the thick of it. We got we got to we got to we got to hang on here. Yeah, it's make or break season for Ainge. I mean, we agree it's not his job. Um, he's a guy who, like Jerry Jones, is probably never going to be kicked out. But it is a season to save his credibility, yeah. and which I think means a little bit more to him than his than his job. So, looking forward, hoping for the best. Agreed. Well, that's going to do it for us this week on Double Take Celtics. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes at Celtics Double Take or go find Double Take on YouTube. Extra credit, follow the at Double Take Show on Instagram. James, you got any last words? <sighs> to quote James from uh, Rush at your lowest moment when you're open to the greatest change. I just got to put that out there. Keep up the morale. We've t- we said last week, burn the ships. Those ships are still burning. I still believe. The airbender has spoken. Uh, <laughs> wow. True words. Inspiring words. Inspiring words. All right, we'll catch you next week. Go Celtics, baby. Take care.